Good afternoon, everybody. I would like to continue these talks on jhana. Last few days I spoke on various aspects. And yesterday I talked on hindrances in general. Last was, uh, in the way I explained, was uh, ill will. We begin <coughs> our uh, jhana practice just like uh, insight or mindfulness practice with uh, morality restraint, uh, mindfulness and clear comprehension. Sometimes people might wonder how can that relate to jhana practice. When we practice uh, mindfulness and clear comprehension, what kind of clear comprehension is there when practice um, concentration? You know the <coughs> clear comprehension uh, is uh, divided into four groups in commentaries, not in sutras. The clear comprehension of the uh, purpose, domain, uh, the Uh, suitability and uh, uh, non-delusion. <coughs> they are called Sattaka, Sappaya, Gochara, Asamoha in Pali. Uh, when we practice uh, my, uh, concentration meditation, we use the same uh, technique the first is uh, uh, the purpose, purpose of gaining concentration or purpose of gaining jhana is the to overcome uh, suffering, pain, grief, lamentation, uh, to overcome uh, uh, various uh, obstacles and to clean the mind, to lead us in the right direction following the Noble Eightfold Path. Then that is the, the purpose. Then uh, domain of uh, gaining concentration is uh, our own uh, uh, breathing. Uh, actually, four foundations of mindfulness is the basis for gaining right jhan, right concentration. Uh, <coughs> and therefore, that is the, the domain, because when we practice uh, uh, concentration, the things arise in the body and the mind. And we 
deal with them, take care of them using our mindfulness uh, in order to overcome obstacles, hindrances and so forth. Then uh, suitability, we must uh, ask ourselves, is this particular object or subject of meditation suitable for gaining concentration? That is, we have to we have to keep asking ourselves, is this suitable for gaining concentration? If this is not suitable, this should be abandoned and find something else. In our case, we I recommended either the bread or the casinas. Is the casino suitable at this time, in this place, for this practice? We must ask. Uh, when we see the cumbersomeness of uh, uh, casinos, we switch on to the breath. So to make sure that it is suitable for gaining this concentration. The place, time, posture, the, the way we approach it, all this have to be suitable for gaining concentration. <coughs> I mentioned all these things in brief in my earlier talks. And then last is non-delusion. This is also very important. When we gain concentration, we must remember that we are not trying to find something permanent, something eternal. We are not gaining concentration to join us ourselves with some uh, supreme being, uh, we gain concentration to get the clarity and purity of mind. I will explain it when I come to the fourth jhana, uh, when I explain that. So, uh, non-delusion in that case, of course, is to gain deep, clear concentration to see things as they really are. So we have to have these four types of clear comprehension. And we begin with mindfulness. As I said, as we keep practicing mindfulness again and again and again, for a long period of time, adding little bit at a time, we don't, we, we cannot gain concentration, what you call mindfulness at, at once. We build up. As remember, you, I mentioned the a drop of water falling onto top of mountains and eventually it builds up. Like that we keep cultivating mindfulness again and again and again to build up. You will see when you gain true, deep, right mindful, right concentration, how mindfulness becomes handy. That also I will explain later on. Then we practice uh, investigation of the Dhamma, investigation of what we experience, what we gain in the Dhamma, in our practice. And that helps us to uh, receive, to uh, energize ourselves. When we investigate, we become more energetic. And then we, with great energy, uh, Without being lazy, we keep practicing concentration. 
That is the third of the seven factors of enlightenment. Then when we gain uh, energy, uh, we don't become lazy, we don't be sleepy, drowsy, we become very inwardly, very more, more and more enthusiastic in proceeding with the practice. Then uh, there arises a moment of uh, tranquility, that's called, uh, no, joy, joy because of the uh, energy that arises. As I mentioned, this joy is not excitement, agitation, uh, like uh, secular, mundane, carnal joy. This is a spiritual joy of seeing the reality. Although we are practicing my concentration, when joy arises, we will uh, not lose our concentration, rather we gain more and more focused. And then arises a uh, tranquility factor of enlightenment. Uh, I mentioned all these things earlier. The factors of enlightenment, each of them supports gaining concentration. Now we gain tranquility factor of enlightenment. When we gain the tranquility factor of enlightenment, our entire body and mind is charged with the tranquility. We tranquilizes. When you take tranquilizer, you know how you feel. Uh, it uh, most of the tranquilizers, artificial tranquil, chemical tranquilizers, put you to sleep. But this tranquilizer that we develop within ourselves doesn't fall, doesn't put us to sleep. It keeps our mind clearer and clearer and pure and pure. And then we gain concentration. When we gain concentration, it comes along with a factor, one of the factors of jhana, that is equanimity. Jhana has to have equanimity in order to make it balance, not to lose, not to fall into emotional uh, side, uh, but to stay steady. Now, using these factors of enlightenment, what happens? Every step, every moment we practice, we gain something. What we gain? We gain uh, uh, factors of jhanas. Uh, factors of jhanas arise uh, and as we overcome hindrances. Yesterday I mentioned uh, five hindrances. Each of the factors of enlightenment attack hindrances. And then at this level uh, we feel, this is very important to remember, we feel that uh, when we had uh, uh, desire before, we were like using uh, 
borrowed article. When you borrow something and use it, you have certain inner uneasiness because you want to return it. Suppose you borrow a very expensive three-piece shoes, three-piece suit and matching pair of shoes and all you borrow and you are in a party showing off to other people how rich you are, how smart you look like and uh, how handsome you look with all this uh, tie and you know everything you look very smart then the man who loaned it to you <laughs> in front of everybody when you are enjoying and showing off would come to you and tell you not secretly out loud by the way I need this uh, tomorrow <laughs> for my nephew's wedding. <laughs> you must make sure that tomorrow morning you must return it to me. <laughs> as soon as he tells you, you feel so embarrassed because you are showing off to people and people get an impression that you are very rich <laughs> and you can afford this. Now you have you know, this man proved to people that you have borrowed it from him. You feel very embarrassed. Similarly, when we use, uh, when we are uh, entertain, uh, maintain, support our greed, we always inwardly we feel certain discomfort. Because it is not ours. And then as you practice uh, these factors of enlightenment one by one, you learn to let go of this greed. And now you feel you are free from indebtedness. Assuming that you have uh, used all your uh, credit cards to buy all kind of things, and uh, until you pay them off, you feel very uncomfortable. You have to work very hard. Either you must, you may lose your credit, or credit company will not give you any more credit. They will take back the credit card, or I don't know what sort of things they do. <laughs> but <laughs> you have, a, suppose you have paid up all the credits, everything you have paid then you feel so comfortable that you have no debt whatsoever. You feel like that when this greed at least temporarily leaves your mind and that gives you tremendous relief of obligation. And that is the state of mind we have to cultivate before we gain jhana. That is why we have to go to secluded place, quiet place, and leave everything behind, no obligations, no commitment, and so forth. We have to leave all this behind temporarily. 
Second, sleepiness and drowsiness is like being in a prison. When you are in, in a prison, you know, between the four walls and roof and uh, tiny little uh, ventilation, uh, you don't know what is happening in the world. You are trapped inside. <clears throat> Once you come out of jail, you feel so free, liberated. You can go anywhere, you can eat any food, you can meet anybody, and you feel very, very relaxed, comfortable. Similarly, when we are in sleep, we really don't know what's going on. When we get out of it, got rid of our sleepiness and drowsiness, we feel very, very alert, comfortable, free, and feel very glad. And when we are, when we have stresslessness and worry, we are like slaves. Slaves are always worrying. Uh, they want to please their slave masters, otherwise they will be punished. Physically, verbally, they would be punished. So they have to be very uh, careful, they have to work very hard, full of worries. When they are free from uh, worries, they are like free uh, person, free from slavery. When you are full of doubt, you are like in a desert. When you are in a desert, you don't know where to go because there is no road, no directions, uh, no signs, just like in Zara or Gobi Desert, right in the middle of it, you don't know where you are. Similarly, when you have all kinds of doubts in our mind, we really get bewildered, confused. Once we come out of that, and the mind is clear, by following these seven factors of enlightenment, we see our directions, we see where we go, we see what, has, what is happening, what has happened, and how delighted we will be. And the last is... <coughs> Uh, ill will uh, and Buddha compared ill will to the English word ill will is a good word it's very very directly related to Pali word Pali word is uh, uh, Pali simile is that when you are full of ill will you are like a patient sick when you are sick nothing no food is tasty no matter how many delicious dishes are put in front of you, you cannot taste because your taste buds are affected so badly that no food is tasty. Similarly, when you are full of hatred, anger, ill will, we will never appreciate anything anybody does. Even the best thing somebody does, we have something to criticize something to say against it. We can never be happy. So, 
Just imagine when a person is free from all these hindrances, how glad that person is, how happy the person is, how free the person is. That is the kind of joy, happiness, freedom we experience when the hindrances are gone. And that is the state our jhana begins to operate. And then jhana factors. Now, once we have overcome hindrances, as a result of practicing factors of enlightenment, we overcome hindrances. And then we feel uh, we are free, liberated. And that is a zone. In that zone, you rest, the mind rests, and mind feel very comfortable, relaxed, peaceful. And then jhanic factors begin to grow. Jhanic factors are In Pali they are called, I try not to use too many Pali words to save time, uh, but as a sort of uh, obsessive compulsive habit, (laughs) I I use Pali words. (laughs) Uh, Vitanka Vichara. Vitanka has been translated into English as initial application of thought. What does it mean, initial application of thought? Uh, it actually in by itself doesn't mean anything. Initial application of thought uh, as a last hindrance, last hindrance was hatred, anger, ill will, when it goes away, uh, your mind is so uh, free, when the, when the, hate, uh, the desire uh, goes away, your mind is free, and when the ill will goes away, your mind is free, uh, when uh, greed disappears as a hindrance, there arises naturally a thought of generosity. Thought of, especially when desire goes away, desire is not a companion of generosity. Desire is just the opposite of generosity. When desire goes away, inner you feel not in words, but inwardly you feel that you just let it go, let it happen. You don't worry about your jobs, your people and uh, activities, uh, commitments and so forth. You can easily let go of all this. You become so relaxed and calm and peaceful. That is called (coughs) vitakka, or initial application of thought, 
This is the time you initially experience real generosity. And in Pali it is called Nekkam Sankap or Nekkam Vitak. Sankapa Vitaka, these both are used synonymously, and you can see, it, in order to verify, I just mentioned this uh, for yourself if you want to verify it. In Vibhanga, when Vibhanga is a, um, Abhidhamma, one of the Abhidhamma texts, explain Sankapa uh, Vitaka uh, uh, as two synonyms. Vitaka, in the jhana the word vitaka is used, in the noble eightfold path sankappa is used, samma sankappa. Samma sankappa are three types, first is nekkamma sankappa, second is avyapada sankappa, third is avihingsa sankappa. In the jhana, instead of sankappa, vitaka is used, since both are synonymous, it's perfectly all right to use vitaka for sankap, meaning thought. What kind of thought? Thought of generosity. Nekkam, the word nekkam is translated into English as uh, financiation. That's a big word. And that is uh, very scary to many people. <laughs> financiation? Who is going to do that? Who is going to renounce? Because renunciation connotes leaving everything behind, going to monastery, shaving head and putting on yellow robe or brown robe or orange robe and staying in the monastery, leaving everything behind. That is the meaning of renunciation that many people understand. <coughs> but the renunciation has its own degrees. Renunciation simply means letting go. You can renounce. Anybody can renounce. For example, you have a, you go to a shopping mall, you see articles are very attractively displayed in a very special way because there are specialists who, you know, are very well trained to uh, display articles to uh, to attract you, to tempt your desire. And things are so tempting, you cannot resist, you have to buy it. Uh, so, uh, at that time you uh, have your plastic card and you present it and uh, get a, a good-looking, beautiful tie which appears to be brand new, the latest model, and looks very attractive and expensive, and you want to impress somebody in the next uh, party, so you <laughs> buy it. You don't have to worry about money, because the, when you take the plastic card, there's no money concept. <laughs> you have the plastic card. <laughs> you show the plastic card and get this, Come home, open the closet, ten of them are there, that's exactly the same. <laughs> ten ties are there. Then, you have to keep paying. 
either you return it or you keep, keep paying it, paying for it. But you don't want to return it because you have to show off to other people that you have new time. So you can avoid all this trouble of paying, thinking, buying, filling your closet and uh, collecting them for the next yard sale and so forth. <laughs> you avoid all these things if you have learned to renounce that desire in the shopping mall. That is renunciation. Let go of that little greed for that particular item. We can do that. Whether it is cloth or shoes or uh, food items or uh, collector's items or <laughs> whatever. Unnecessary things we collect because we have not learned to renounce. So the renunciation is that kind of letting go of our desire. And that is called uh, Samma Sankappa or uh, Vitakka. Vitakka. Sankapa or Vitaka also has two sides. One is wholesome, the other is unwholesome. Vitaka, wholesome Vitaka, unwholesome Vitaka. Wholesome renunciation, wholesome, wholesome thought, unwholesome thought. Wholesome thought is thought of renunciation, unwholesome thought is thought of greed. So, we, find, we practice one of the steps of the Noble Eightfold Path. As I mentioned, the right concentration always should be supported by the Noble Eightfold Path. <laughs> right concentration is not something happened out of blue all of a sudden. It has a very rich background. And this arises when all the hindrances are gone, particularly the hindrance of greed is gone, then arises this beautiful thought of feeling of letting go, letting go. And then next right thought is the thought of, uh, or next uh, initial thought is the thought of uh, metta, loving friendliness. That is the reason why I mentioned it last, because with loving friendliness, with the thought of metta you can gain concentration quickly. As Buddha mentioned in uh, Metta and Sangha Sutta, when you practice metta, tuatang chittang samadhyati, your mind gains concentration very quickly. Now you have come to that level. You have overcome greed and you have overcome hatred. And then arise this particular mental state that is called thought of uh, loving friendliness. That is initially, that is the time it initially takes root in our mind. Before that we had metta, we practiced metta, it has not taken root, uh, it is uh, superficial, now it takes root, that is why it is called initial thought. Although we had these thoughts before, it was not called initial thought at that time, but now it is called initial thought. <coughs> thought of 
letting go, thought of, what you call metta, loving friendliness. <coughs> and also when we practice loving friendliness, we overcome two of the hindrances. Hindrance number, one hindrance we overcome when we practice metta is greed. And as you know, greed is the near enemy of metta. <coughs> and the other hindrance we overcome when we practice metta is far enemy, that is hatred, anger. So we overcome that. Uh, it is called, greed is called near enemy because uh, it can uh, disguise itself, camouflage itself to look like your friend. Desire looks like your friend. That is why people sometimes say, I'll practice metta towards my wife. I practice metta towards my husband. I practice metta towards my father my mother, and so forth. These are the people we attach to. And we don't think that we have desire, filial love, and so forth towards these people. Desire. And therefore desire can disguise as metta. Since it is so close to us. Anger you can see coming, arising, from a distance, distance in time. <coughs> you can see anger rising. And therefore anger is called far enemy of metta. So when we practice, uh, when we overcome this hindrance, we uh, practice by practicing metta, we overcome both hindrances, greed and hatred. So, all this makes us feel very comfortable, very happy, full of joy. This is called initial application, not thought. Sustained application of thought is just the maintaining the same beautiful thoughts. Uh, maintaining them. <coughs> that is the second jhanic factor. And the third is joy. When uh, restlessness and worry fades away, we are full of joy because we are not slaves. We are free from slavery and we are very comfortable. And the fourth jhanic factor is called happiness. When uh, anger fades away, as we practice metta, anger fades away, disappears, ill will fades away, we experience happiness. Now, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Joy is uh, in anticipation of something, joy arises. Happiness arises when you fulfill what you have anticipated. That is contentment. You are content. This is the difference between joy and happiness. And joy and happiness are also not uh, ordinary carnal uh, excitement. It is again spiritual 
experience, calming the body. And the four, fifth jhanic factor is called concentration. When uh, uh, greed fades away, uh, thought of renunciation arises, then we can gain concentration as a result of letting go of our clinging craving. Uh, desire also is diametrically opposite factor of concentration. So when these factors, we may have them many times very for a short period, these factors can arise, but uh, when they arise individually, separately, as one single mental factor, it is then we are not in jhana. For example, we may experience thought of finance letting go. By having this particular mental state, we are not in the jhana. Another time we may experience uh, uh, of uh, joy. We are not in jhana. Another time we may experience happiness. We may not, we are not in jhana. And also joy and happiness are not artificially created. But they arise within us when we really deeply understand what really has happened in our mind. That is how this joy and happiness uh, makes the mind and body calm and relaxed and peaceful to gain concentration. So, when all these factors come together, work in unison as a team, that moment we will have uh, what you call access concentration. At that time, these factors are just born in the mind and they are not matured, not grown, not become very strong and therefore, the, although the factors are there, we are not in jhana. This is what uh, uh, commentators like Venerable Buddha Gosa term as excess concentration. That means even in excess concentrated state, excess concentration means just before gaining concentration, these jhanic factors arise in our mind and we are almost in the neighborhood of concentration, close to concentration, close to jhana. Unfortunately, that is not strong enough to keep the mind steady in concentration because they just arose and still uh, raw and immature and therefore, if we stay without getting disturbed, uh, we will gain concentration. For this reason, Buddha said, when these factors arise in the mind, these are the, this is the gain. In order to arise these factors, we have to work very hard. We work very hard. We working very hard means uh, disciplining ourselves, restraining ourselves, practicing mindfulness, practicing uh, investigation, practicing effort, uh, gaining uh, joy, 
tranquilis, tranquility. Uh, having done all these things, we gain this state. And Buddha said, Jitanchara ke animesanosya. This is very, very important thing to remember. You have won something, gained something, but protect it without attachment. Protect it without attachment. How can we do that? Because of mindfulness. We have mindfulness, and mindfulness holds uh, all these things together <coughs> without letting greed arise in the mind. So, Buddha said, protect what you gain without attachment. So to protect what we gain without attachment, mindfulness must work. So mindfulness is also very, that is why mindfulness we have in the Noble Eightfold Path as seventh factor. Noble Eightfold Path, seventh factor is mindfulness, eighth is concentration. In the Noble, in the the seven factors of enlightenment, mindfulness is number one and the concentration is number six. So mindfulness always must work together in order to gain right concentration. Therefore, when we gain this particular mental state, free from hindrances, having uh, initial thought, sustained thought, uh, joy, happiness and concentration in the access level, it is still possible for us to have a desire to hold on to them. Since we have mindfulness, it does not happen. So Buddha said, protect what you gain without attachment. Normally, in ordinary materials gaining, you cannot protect anything without attachment. You are attached to something, that is why you protect it. You even sacrifice your life in order to protect what you gain. But in the spiritual training, especially when we try to gain concentration, we keep the mind in such a healthy balance that when these hindrances fade away and mind is just going to gain deep, real, jhanic experience, we have to be very mindful not to let greed uh, enter the mind, snake into the mind. <coughs> and then, next month, and that is the time you have uh, what is called uh, uh, nimitta, sign of concentration. What is the sign of concentration? This is another point many people get confused. That is the time you begin to see, you experience something uh, very fine. Uh, for example, you are using your breath. You focus your mind on the breath. And breath becomes at the beginning at the gross breath. And you focus your mind, keep focusing, focusing, focusing. Uh, and uh, while focusing the mind on the breath, all the other things are happening, they all have completed, then uh, uh, 
uh, you come to this particular very crucial moment, then you may feel that there is no more breath. When you don't experience breath, what happens? You still have the memory of breath because you focus mind on certain place and that uh, place will uh, be replaced by the memory. Say, for example, you focus the mind on the rims of your nostrils or tip of the nose or upper lip or inside the nose between eyes, you keep focusing mind. When all these factors are going, factors are almost complete, and uh, you are going to gain real concentration, jhana, uh, at that time everything is already collected. This is called uh, uh, the consolidation or collectedness of the wholesome mental states. Not one mental state, many wholesome mental states are collected connected, uh, consolidated, come together. At that time, uh, your mind will lose the focus on the breath, but simply remain the memory of breath as a very refined experience. Because other factors are, wholesome mental factors are already becoming very powerful and strong. And that time, that memory becomes your object, the focal point. The memory of breath becomes your focal point. And that moment you experience a very tiny degree of spark of light. That happens very quickly and next moment you gain jhana. That spark of light is called sign of concentration. It doesn't stay too long. It appears and very quickly you gain concentration, you gain jhana. And then your mind becomes very, very clear, pure and very bright. The moment you lose this, that is the time you got to be very mindful, careful, not lose it. Once you gain it, you immediately are in wide open, bright state of mind, really bright. And Buddha said in uh, Anguttara Nikaya that this mind is luminous. <coughs> Mind is luminous. Now we worked very hard to reach that luminous state. Having done so many things, we, we came to uh, this point to see this luminous mind. And Buddha said this mind is luminous, but it is uh, defiled by adventitious external defilement through our eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body and 
mind and so forth. Various things have come to the mind and this luminosity is completely uh, concealed, hidden. Now what we do through the practice of concentration, we slowly, gradually, systematically remove the layers and layers of these impurities and come to this, this is the time we like opening a door to get into that very bright state, clear state, luminous state. And Buddha has very clearly mentioned the moment he lost concentration, he lost the, the luminosity. You can see it in Anguttara you can see it in Majjhimin and Sangatinikaya. The moment he, before he attained enlightenment, he said, moment he lost this very tiny moment of uh, sign of concentration, he lost jhana. When he maintained it, it is, a, it is a very quick split second uh, experience and that is so quick, sometimes people can uh, flip back, you know, lapse to the earlier stage and then the person will get discouraged. So, one has to maintain mindfulness in order not to lose this. And then you gain the first jhana. What you have in the first jhana, only five factors are mentioned, but there are many more factors. The factors mentioned in the first jhana are initial thought, sustained thought, joy, happiness and concentration. The factors that I have not mentioned in the first jhana is mindfulness, attention, clear comprehension. There are, according to Abhidhamma, 30, I think 37 various uh, factors are mentioned. But in, uh, uh, according to Anupada Sutta, 16 factors are mentioned. Uh, so people don't have to worry about the number of things exist in the first jhana. But uh, we experience, we experience our awareness, our mindfulness in first jhana. We even don't have to think about it. We are fully aware of it. We become aware of our attention, which is extremely important for using jhana to go into higher practice of mindfulness. Um, those higher jhanas and to remove all the psychic irritants one by one called uh, fetters to remove them we have to have attention we have to have mindfulness we have to have concentration uh, and also one more factor is not mentioned in this formula is equanimity equanimity. When we keep practicing this, at, at first time we at, when at, we attain the first jhana, what happens, it is uh, uh, on the one hand we have worked very hard and this luminous, luminous state arises, concentration arises. Uh, we may stay there for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, that all depends on the person's preparations and then we may lose it. 
we may lose it. But don't have to worry. Since we have, since this does not happen without our awareness, without our mindfulness, uh, we can recall, we can re, we can repeat it. Attainment of jhana does not happen automatically. We work very hard and every step we followed, we remember. And therefore, even after attaining it for the first time, if we lose it, we don't have to worry because we have followed certain steps, certain patterns, certain, uh, what do you call, plan. And now we have to repeat that. We don't have to repeat from from scratch because we have done a lot of things and they are already in our mind. Uh, when we lose, we have to <coughs> go back to what is called uh, uh, that initial thought, uh, sustained thought, joy, happiness and concentration. Initial thought is the thought of letting go, thought of friendliness, uh, compassion. Uh, we go back to that and start from there and then regain the jhana again. It is very easy to regain once you have gained it and lost it. If there is a long period of lapse uh, without attaining, then you go to start all over again from the beginning. If you gain it in one sitting and lost it, you can regain it again. What you have to do to regain is what is called mastering this first jhana. How we master it? As soon as we lost it, we reflect. It is very easy to reflect because we remember how we did it, what we followed. That is called avajjana. Avajjana means you reflect it. Think how I got it. Then, that is the time you got to determine. Some people say you got to, by just wishing you can gain jhana, it's not going to happen. When you attain it first time, then when you lose it, you reflect, remember the steps you follow, and then determine to attain it. Uh, that is called adithana. Adithana means determination. And then you determine to attain it and stay in it and come out of it with desire, with, uh, with determination, with uh, will. That is called vuttana. Vuttana means coming out. And then you reflect it, determine it, attain it, and determine to come out of it and uh, reflect again. When you lose it, reflect again. So we keep repeating this uh, training until we uh, make this attainment firm and steady. Don't try to jump into the second jhana. Why is that? Because if you try to jump to the second jhana, it is not going to happen. As I said, it is just like that chicken that laid eggs and uh, want to see chicks 
very quickly. She will never see chicks. So that is why we have to have a lot of patience to, to master the first attainment, make it very firm and strong. Uh, Buddha gave another very beautiful simile of a cow. Uh, you unleash a cow on a hilly area in time like this in spring, <laughs> where the grass is green everywhere, very fresh, new, tender grass everywhere. She would come and uh, nibble a little bit here and there and raise her head and see, grass there is greener. So she goes there and uh, nibble, nibble, nibble a little bit and then raise her head and then find grass over there is greener. So she goes there. So she keep running after greener grass and finally she gets lost. She does not know where she came from, how to return. She gets lost. Similarly, when he used this particular simile to illustrate the state of mind of the person who attained the jhana for the first time. A person becomes so enthusiastic in attaining the second jhana because the first experience is so gorgeous. You never had this kind of experience before. Now you got it and then you become curious. I wonder how the second looks like. <laughs> so you try to go to second. Instead of going to second, you get stuck. You get bewildered, confused because you have not mastered the first jhana. So with lot of training, lot of patience, lot of determination, we got to stay in the first until we are fully confident that we can... That is why Buddha said, once you attain it and master it, nikamalabhi, akichanabhi, akasiralabhi. Nikamalabhi means it comes to you naturally. Akichalabi means uh, without making too much effort it comes to you. Akasiralabi means without difficulty you attain it. Why? Because you have mastered the first jhana. So you have to have a lot of patience, lot of mindfulness, a uh, lot of discipline, lot of restraint, uh, uh, not having too greedy uh, to attain the next jhana, stay with the first one until you become very strong in that. Have full confidence. You cannot have double promotion. It is not uh, automatic promotion like in classes in uh, schools and universities in the United States. You, you have to, you will be promoted from class one to two and throw out of high school, whether you do it ill or well, uh, because there has to be room in the class, uh, you know, classroom for other new students to come. So you automatically push it, uh, are pushed to higher class. That is automatic passing, automatic promotions. It doesn't happen in spiritual training. <laughs> that is why it is called 
అనుబ్బ శిఖ అనుపుబ్బ క్రియ అనుపుబ్బ పటిపద అనుపుబ్బ శిఖ మీన్స్ గ్రాడ్యుయల్ ట్రైనింగ్ అనుపుబ్బ క్రియ గ్రాడ్యుయల్ యాక్టివిటీ అనుపుబ్బ పటిపద గ్రాడ్యుయల్ ప్రాక్టీస్ ట్రైనింగ్ యాక్టివిటీ ప్రాక్టీస్ మస్ట్ బి వెరీ గ్రాడ్యుయల్ సో వెన్ యూ అటే వెన్ యూ వాంట్ టు ప్రాక్టీస్ రియల్ జాన్ డోంట్ ట్రై టు రష్ యూ ప్రిపేర్ యువర్ సెల్ యూ ట్రైన్ యువర్ సెల్ అండ్ వన్స్ యూ ప్రిపేర్ ట్రైన్ యువర్ సెల్ యువర్ అటైన్మెంట్ ఈస్ అష్యూర్డ్ వన్స్ యూ అటైన్ ఇట్ యూ క్యాన్ మెయింటైన్ ఇట్ అండ్ అటైన్ ఎనీ టైమ్ యూ వాంట్ ద ఫస్ట్ అటైన్మెంట్ ఈస్ ద డిఫికల్ట్ వన్ వన్ షూ అటైన్ ద ఫస్ట్ వన్ ద అదర్స్ విల్ బికమ్ వెరీ ఈజీ so with this i like to conclude today's talk and tomorrow i will talk about uh, how to go to other jhanas and what can we do with the jhanas tomorrow i talk for now this is enough the jhanas